Hi there, Internet. This is Glenn, and welcome to our podcast. And this is Linda. We are so glad you are visiting with us today. And today we're doing our podcast number 135. You can listen to any of our podcasts when you go to the link provided in our weekly newsletter. Yes, all our podcasts are on that same page. As you scroll down, you can select anyone you'd like to listen to. It's hard to believe we are in our third year of providing this podcast. Yes, and doing them has been great fun and quite a learning process. Yes, we scan the internet and read books and old hymnals, looking at the old songs we've sang in our churches over the years, and constantly find new songs. It's important to us that when we find a song that we know it, and then we need to discern the Bible message the song has. And God gives us a new one every week. Moses grew up singing those old songs with the company of piano, maybe an organ in our churches, and our memories are filled with joy when we hear them again. These songs have such familiar music and wonderful spiritual messages inspired by the Word of God, and they fill our hearts with joy and peace that the Word of God brings. But we want our music to have a pleasant and fuller sound than just a piano and an organ. Now, piano and organ are great, and we love to singing with them, but here we're trying to expand out our company music and uh, that contains a complete orchestration. Or perhaps a big band sound, maybe a country music or southern gospel flavor. As a matter of fact, we cover a lot of different styles with our music, but they're always tasteful and pleasant to the ear. When we find a song we want to cover, we first check to see if it's in the public domain, and if not, get permission from its owner to use it. Then Linda starts a research on the history of our song and compiles a script about its history as well as information about the author. While I'm doing that, Glenn is forming a spiritual application from the words. It's scriptural references for a word from the Lord in a sermonette form. I always want to include the gospel message in our podcast, too. Glenn produces the accompaniment music using software and live music recordings as he plays various instruments recording and mixing them on a multi-track recorder making the accompaniment music completely new, ours, and original. After that, usually Vivian comes over and adds her beautiful contralto voice to the mix. We record the scripted work we've produced and mix it all down on a podcast and our new song added to it, and also add that song to the list of growing, growing list of songs we have on the Internet. Our podcast and song are uploaded to SoundCloud, for distribution, and we send out our notice weekly to all who are on our newsletter list for folks to listen. Linda, what are we doing for our song podcast this week on Preparing Our Heart for Worship podcast? This gospel song, famed for its chorus in the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Yes, and the song goes like this. There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith we can see it afar. And the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. 
In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. We shall sing on that beautiful shore the melodious song of the blessed. And our spirits shall sorrow no more, not a sigh for a blessing or rest. To our beautiful Father above, we will offer our tribute of praise for the glorious gift of his love and the blessings that hallow our days. Glenn, let's hear forgive and do in the sweet by and by. There's a land that is fairer than day And by faith we can see it afar For the Father waits over the way To prepare us a dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore We shall sing on that beautiful shore The melodious songs of the blessed And our spirit shall sorrow no not a sigh for the blessing of rest In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that Beautiful shore 
Sweet by and by stands a Christian hymn crafted by Samuel Bennett with musical composition by Joseph Webster, originating from a conversation between Samuel Bennett and his musical collaborator Joseph Webster in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. This hymn emerged as a quintessential expression of the Midwest, Midwest United States. Enjoying widespread popularity during the 19th century, it transitioned into a gospel standard and has retained its place in hymnals throughout the years. Furthermore, notable performing artists have continued to render this timeless hymn throughout the 20th and 21st century. This composition delves into the realm where Jesus readies a place for his followers in the heavenly suite by and by penned by Sanford Bennett, who entered the world in in Eden, Erie County, New York, on June 21, 1836. The narrative of this song encapsulates his upbringing. Bennett's early years saw a a relocation to Plainfield, Illinois, at the tender age of two, where he pursued education at Waukegan Academy and later the University of Michigan. Manifesting a pinnock for writing from his youth, his poetic talents found an audience with the publication of some of his initial works in the Waukegan Gazette during the early 1850s. Following a stint as a superintendent of schools in Richmond, Illinois, spanning two years, he established roots in Elkhorn, Wisconsin in 1861, assuming the role of associate editor for the town's weekly newspaper, The Independent. Amidst the tumult of the Civil War, Bennett served as a second lieutenant in the 40th Wisconsin Volunteers. After the war's conclusion, he came back to Elkhorn, where he managed a pharmacy and initiated his pursuit of medical studies. Despite his affiliation with Methodism, he pursued education at an academy located in Pembroke, New Hampshire. Additionally, he delved into the realm of music in Boston, Maine, Massachusetts, I'm sorry, under the tutelage of the esteemed hymn tune composer Lowell Mason. One day, Webster entered Bennett's office wearing a sober expression. Inquiring about his friend's distress, Bennett received the response, I will be all right by and by. This particular phrase sparked a revelation within Bennett's mind. The sweet by and by, he pondered, that could be the basis for a wonderful hymn. In that moment, he commenced the composition of the verse. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. For the Father awaits over the way to prepare as a dwelling place there. <clears throat> Webster quickly absorbed his friend's excitement, hummed a melody, and enlisted the help of another friend with a violin. In no time, the trio found himself 
harmonizing the song. The Salvation Army has propelled the hymn into popularity, often featuring it in their funeral services. Originally a favorite during the 19th century, the hymn evolved into a cornerstone of gospel music and has maintained its presence in hymnals through the years. In the New Orleans jazz scene, Sweet By and By holds a significant place, often featured in jazz funerals. The lyrics have been translated into numerous languages worldwide. The enduring appeal of Sweet By and By is evident in its continued performance. Renowned artists such as Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, Glenn Campbell, Dolly Parton, Willie Nelson, Loretta Lynn, and Kenny Rogers have delivered memorable renditions over the years. The scripture reads, And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you. That's in John fourteen three. Webster's musical endeavors extended to teaching and performing in both New York and Connecticut. However, his relocation to Elkhorn in 1857 was motivated by his anti-slavery convictions. Recognized as prolific composer, he is attributed to over 1,000 musical compositions with his secular piece, Lorena, standing out as particularly beloved. Together with Bennett, they forged a partnership in the creation and distribution of sheet music. Webster remained in Elkhorn for the remainder of his days, while Bennett pursued further education, graduating from Rush Medical College in Chicago, Illinois, in 1874. He subsequently practiced medicine for 22 years, alongside generating a substantial body of prose and poetry. Later, he relocated to Richmond, Indiana, where he passed away on June the 12th, 1898. As we look at the song, stanza one says, The Lord is preparing us a dwelling place there. It says there's a land that is fair day and the day and faith. We can see it by afar. The Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. Heaven is pictured as a land or country to which God's people want to go. Hebrews eleven thirteen through 16 says, These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen it from afar off, and were persuaded of them to embrace them and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had a mindful of the, that country that whence they came out, they might have an opportunity to have returned. But they desired a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city. Second Corinthians five one through seven says For we know that our earthly house is a tabernacle where we dissolved we have a building of God and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. 
For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with the house which is from heaven. If so, we could being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in the tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that morality which be swallowed up by life. Now that hath wrought us, for the same self thing is God, for also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we always confident knowing that which we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For by faith we walk, not of sight. A couple of hymn books changed the third line to For the Savior waits over the way, because the text says that Christ left to prepare us a place. However, the Bible also says that heaven was prepared for the righteous by the Father from the beginning. In Matthew twenty-five thirty-four. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Stanza 2 says that our goal is to sing on that beautiful shore. We shall sing on that beautiful shore the melodious songs of the blessed, and our spirit self sorrow no more nor not a, a sigh or a blessing of rest. The beautiful shore is by the pure river of the water of life, where the righteous are pictured as serving God and reigning forever with Him. In Revelations 22, 1-5, it says the redeemed of all ages will join with the angels to sing the melodious song of the blessed. And in Revelations 5, 8 through 10, it says, And there will be no sigh for the blessings of rest, because there is no more sorrow in the heavenly city. Then we read in Revelations 21, 1 through 4, And I saw new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God, of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all their tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Stanza 3 says that we should give praise to our Heavenly Father, who made it all possible. To our Father above we offer our tribute of praise. For the glorious Father gift of his love, and the blessing that hollow our days. In view of the hope of eternal life that God gives us, we can offer to him our tribute of praise 
in Hebrews 13, 5, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. One reason we praise him is for the glorious gift of his love. In John 3.16, it tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yet another reason to praise God is for all the blessings that hallow our days as we journey from earth to heaven. In James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from God, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no vulnerableness, neither shadow of turning. The chorus reminds us that we shall receive our eternal hope on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by not by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. And it echoes again and says, The sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. As long as we live here in this world, may we never forget that our aim as Christians is to have a heavenly home with God, our Father and Christ our Savior, in the sweet by and by. Mr. Bennett, the author of this world-famed hymn, has this to say about its origin. In 1861, I became a resident of the village of Elkhorn, Wisconsin, the home of the composer J.P. Webster, and shortly afterwards became associated with him in the production of sheet music and other musical works. In the summer or fall of the year 1867, we commenced work on the Signet Ring. One of the songs written for that book was Sweet By and By. Mr. Webster, like many musicians, was of an exceedingly nervous and sensitive nature and subject to periods of depression in which he looked upon the dark side of all things in life. I had learned his peculiarities, so I, on that meeting, told I could tell at a glance he was in one of his melancholy moods, and I found that I could rouse him from them by giving him a new song or hymn to work on. On such an occasion, he came into my place of business, walked down to the stove, and turned his back to me without speaking. I was at my desk writing. Presently, I said to him, Webster, what is the matter now? It is no matter, he replied. It will be all right by and by. The idea of the hymn came to me like a flash of sunlight, and I replied, The sweet by and by, would that not make a good hymn? Maybe it would, said he indifferently. Turning to the desk, I penned the three verses in the chorus as fast as I could write. In the meantime, two friends, Mr. N.H. Carswell and Mr. S.E. Bright, had come in. I handed the hymn to Mr. Webster. As he read it, his eyes kindled and his whole demeanor changed. Stepping to the desk, he began writing the notes in a moment. Presently, he requested Mr. Bright to hand him his violin, and then he played the melody. In a few moments more, he had the notes for the four parts of the chorus jotted down. I think it was not over thirty minutes from the time I took my pen 
to write the words before the two gentlemen, Mr. Webster and I, were singing the hymn in the same form in which it afterward appeared in the signet ring. While singing it, Mr. R. R. Crosby came in. After listening a while with tears in his eyes, he uttered the prediction, That hymn is immortal. I think it was used in public shortly after, for within two weeks, children in the streets were singing it. Next year, the publishers of the Signet Ring heralded its advent by distributing a large number of circulars upon which selections from the work were printed, among them Sweet By and By. These circulars first brought the hymn to the notice of the public and created the principal demand for the book. Toward the close of that year, the hymn was published in sheet music form. It is now in numerous collections of vocal music in America, and as a newspaper account says, it is translated into various foreign languages and sung in every land under the sun. Everyone gets excited when we talk about heaven and the sweet by and by. When there are so many... why? Why are there so many in our churches that live such a holy life in church, and yet when they go out on a trip and you go with them, you see temper tantrums and arguments and heated anger and profane, disgusting words? And then maybe you hear from co-workers that they tell nasty, unthinkable jokes at work. We hear some that are involved in dishonest dealings and can't be trusted. I see these things far too often in the lives of our church members across the country. I feel they have a verbalization of Christianity without any eternalization. Honestly, if they were on trial for being a Christian, there wouldn't be enough evidence to convict them. We find so-called Christians consuming alcohol. I run into others who think that abortion is up to the individual because it's a woman's right to her own body. Some in her congregation say, let those gays alone. They're not bothering anybody. Others make excuses for transgender population. Our God says, our Lord and Master, our God, has called this an abomination. I think some of the members of, of our churches are members in name only. They aren't really saved at all, I'm afraid. They have re- replaced with the religion of idolatry and self-effort and self-expression and materialism. That's the devil's religion. Remember, the most powerful being ever created was Lucifer. And Satan is a liar. He's a master deceiver. He led a rebellion that convinced a third of heaven to fall with him. The evidence that Satan is leading a rebellion against God in the midst of our churches across the land with an unthinkable multitude believing they are saved and never have had regeneration of the Spirit by trusting Jesus completely and wholly without anything else. 
it's terrifying. I think many join because it's the right thing to do without the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Don't get me wrong, I'm not angry at these folks. I'm scared to death for them. I don't want them to go to hell. Because hell's real, it's an awful place without hope, without God. No end. I care deeply about these folks. As I think about this question, despite Jesus' victory over sin and death, why is it that evil and suffering persist in this world? Our song this week in the sweet bye-bye is a promise of eternal hope. This is a hope that surprisingly that surpasses all understanding and a hope of beautifully enclosed in the hymn in the sweet by and by. This hymn, with its melodious tune, lifts up the lyrics and speaks of our land of a fair day, a place where eternal peace, joy awaits us. The first verse of the hymn opens with, with a vision of the heavenly home a land that is fairer than day. This is not just a poetic expression. It's a spiritual promise. In John fourteen two, Jesus said, In my house are many mansions, for if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And this hymn reminds us of that promise. It tells us that by faith we can see this place even from afar. Our journey on earth will be challenging, filled with trials and tribulation. Yet through faith, faith we are offered a glimpse of our eternal home, a place prepared by the Father himself. This is not an abstract concept but a tangible hope for the believer. It speaks of a, of, a, of a gathering place on a beautiful shore. The course invites us forward to a gathering on a beautiful shore. It's a metaphor of heavenly union with God, reunion with God in those who have gone before us. In Revelation 21, 4, it's written, And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither snar nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for former things are passed away. In the sweet by and by, we are promised a life free from sorrow and pain and death. It's a place where earthly struggles cease. And we exist in perfect harmony and joy. In our chorus, it's not just a refrain of words, it's a chorus of hope, affirming the eternal joy that awaits us. Our song expresses the joy of eternal worship there. In the second verse of the singing of the melodious song of the blessed and life where our spirits our sorrow no more. In heaven our worship will be pure and our joy will be complete. 
there will be no more burdens, no more doubts. Only an unadulterated worship described in the book of Revelations, where the saints and the angels sing praises to God night and day. Our time on earth is preparation for this eternal worship where we will fully express our gratitude and love for our Heavenly Father. Our song sings of our response and gratitude of what God has done for us and of all we have given, been given in heaven. In the final verse, it calls us to offer a tribute of praise to the bountiful Father above. It's a reminder of a response to God's magnificent gift of salvation and the numerous blessings he disposed upon us daily. Even as we journey through life with its heights and lows, we are called to remain thankful, to recognize God hand in every aspect of our life and to continually offer him praises. praises. In the sweet by and by, it's not just a hymn of future hope, it's a hymn that guides us on our present walk. It reminds us to live by faith, to anticipate the joyous reunion with God, to pre- prepare for perpetual worship, and to live a life of gratitude. This hope that this hope that it guide our steps and and fill our hearts with joy and peace. For indeed, in the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Do you know God loves you? Can you see in all this that He wants to make your life and eternity a wonderful experience? He has made a way for even you to be with him forever in paradise. He only wants you to want the same thing even more than you want anything else in life. He wants you to ask for forgiveness of your sin and ask him to take control of your life and turn it over to him. He wants you to be his children. Will you accept him today? If you need to talk to me more about this, you can email me at my email, which is glendawson at twc.com. God has been gracious to allow us this podcast, and we are thankful for this. Even though we did not ask anyone for money, we have had help from our audience. Yes, we do get, uh, when that song is played, we receive a small streaming royalty of five cents. So I got to say thank you to those who listen to our songs. As you listen to our music while you're traveling or working around the house or whatever you're doing, we trust you enjoy the music and pray it's a spiritual blessing to you. Remember, you are helping keep our ministry going just by listening. If you don't have a streaming service already to listen to our music for free, 
just sign on to YouTube, our YouTube audio channel, and its address is www.youtube.com forward slash the at symbol, We Are Forgiven. There you can listen to our songs, and you can also check out our video channel there. If you have Alexa or Echo, just say, play the music of Glenn Dawson, and listen as long as you like for free. If you're not getting our newsletter, go to our website at glendawsonea, that's G-L-E-N-N, dawsonea.com, and click on newsletter. Well, folks, that concludes our podcast for this week. We'll see you again next week, I hope. Till then, God bless you, and remember, we love love you. you. Bye Bye for for now. now.